0: Hello again. Welcome to Talk Architecture podcast episode. The episode that is anticipating the Clubhouse event to be hosted by the Clubroom, the School of Architecture on post podcast session with those who we had interviewed earlier, Ms. Chavel Yvonne Mr. Watlim and Ms. Amna Emmer, and to be moderated by a few of us, including Izati and myself. In the clubhouse event, um, we will have further discussion, like picking up some of the points that was raised or that could be explored earlier or explained better um, among the three Um, guest speakers that we had. Um, It wasn't a long time, but sometime in September, uh, August, at the end of August. And it started in the beginning of August, but at the end of August, we decided to have this series of podcasts talking about whether... Malaysian architectural schools can be like the AA school. Now, one would ask. I, I was I was switching this, and somebody said, "Why the AA?" You know, because um, that person was in another school in the UK, and that person felt that um, he had uh, a good. Um, a good experience similar to, to the AA anyway, and why 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 do we need to focus on the AA? And even Amna AMR said that the AA ha- hadn't really evolved after Elvin Boyarski's passing. Um, so there was this question of how should how would um, the AA evolved from the Alvin Boryoski's time. So what Anna um, uh, pointed out was, uh, the late Alvin Boryoski had the ability to know who to pick for unit masters in the AA, and he knew somehow There is a diverse, a real diverse um, uh, group of people, not similar, not just one way, but really diverse. Because Amna felt that anyone who came to the AA, they could choose a certain journey or choose the units that they want to explore, a certain theme or thesis, even from the first year. Now, at this point here, I would like to talk about that. That, to me, is a big revelation in terms of the idea of going to a university after secondary school. People would argue that. In the case of Anna, she, she had two years of a diploma. After uh, the age of 17, when you finish your O-levels or um, – SPM, as they have it in Malaysia, at the age of 17, she went to a local university where she had a diploma course for two years, meaning that she actually had an A-levels or some foundation before she went to the AA, and based on her talent or her desire to, to, to negotiate the AA, because some people said that the AA is not just, not just for anyone. Not just for anyone, meaning... If you are just going to get a paper qualification and not really explore uh, the uh, or experiment or even just hate to read because you need to do a lot of reading, if you do not, you're not really up for it. Don't go to the AA because that would be problematic uh, in terms of um, your perception or your, uh, the barriers that you may, you may put up or the barriers that you may encounter uh, trying to survive the school. So anyway, back to Amna mentioning about, she knew at that point at the age of 19 or 20, um, that uh, she would need to, to fit in into the unit, negotiate all that, having the tutors and do a lot of reading, a lot of work, generally. So, when we talk about a thesis at the first year level, it's possible. I mean, not came from Malaysia. I mean, there are many, including what Lim and others, who came from Malaysia, went to the AA, and managed to complete the AA dip. Maybe they had very good drawing skills and they had certain units that were less uh, explorative or less theoretical i'm not sure how to say but so they negotiated the aid got got back and um and 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 uh what better for it i i i love my experience in the uk when i think about it and but i I would have loved going to, to have gone to the AA myself, but because of scholarship reasons, I could could not risk it. And I wasn't really sure what the AA was about. So I didn't really do any research on it. Like Chia did. Chia Yvonne, she actually researched on the AA and even inquired and, and you know, she did a job in trying to to understand what the AA was about. So, you know, it's a state of mind maybe. Yep. But that the idea that you know when you you're at the first year, of the year you actually okay I want to explore this concept I want to explore that concept. you know what you want to a certain extent you want to work hard and you know what you want or you know you know that this is important to to look into. Chia Yvonne mentioned about sociology, anthropology and some things that economy yeah sorry economy. Um, was important for her. She had to read up on economic theories. Maybe something that you're scared of. You just go into it. It re- This reminded me of my master's that I did um, at the development um, planning unit in University College London to a certain extent where I was able to choose certain modules and I chose the tourism and the economic module. And what module. That was another one. But that was quite... It opened up my vision or my understanding about uh, architecture is beyond just in within the, the, the boundaries of a site. You know? At the age of... Uh, well... Twenty eight. Uh, when I graduated from my part two, then I, I wanted to do my master's, but I only had the opportunity to do it in my mid thirties. And um, it really exposed me to planning and to other aspects of the city. It was a great time. I, I came back, assisted with some. Some. Um, I still was focused on architecture. I still love to draw, but I had another knowledge that was very helpful to me at that time. I think that's the best to describe discovery of theories, the discovery of interdisciplinary knowledge or transdisciplinary and that would have been essential in my part two education, for example. Because when we think about what Lim and Anna and Yvonne when they did their diploma studies, uh, in particular Yvonne mentioning about the unit she selected and how she she felt that she almost failed. It's either like pass or failed. That was interesting, really she did her best. I mean, you 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 come in and this is you and this is all you know and you have to read as much as you can and make and understand as much as you can and make an architecture, uh, like Amna said, either programs or strategies. And that's what the school is about. The school had... Parallel to the design studio projects, technical studies, which the students have to deal with, separate it from the arguments. The arguments of the technical part of the project is not argued in the studio. It is just something that you submit. Uh, You know, you have to complete and submit and to pass the course, But the argument on the theories, concepts, through the programs and strategies uh, that you draw, you have to draw something that shows that your part two, you have your part two work there. It's something else, and it's something you can carry even beyond uh, part two into your working life. Now. Isn't that what is supposed to happen in the Malaysian schools of architecture? The fact that you carry on some a baby, you know, like a thesis from the beginning. I mean, it, it, Amna's, the way Amna described her journey was interesting in the way that she did. She learned as much as she could until the third year, and then she couldn't find a thread uh, to continue, but she had different experience, which is more focused rather than broad, which is similar to what uh, many architecture schools should be in general. Not necessarily I'm thinking about Malaysian architecture schools, but many architecture schools in general, they they have should they have should it be broad base for the first three years, and then much more focused in the diploma or the the part two years. I felt it's like that, but in when well, we don't deal with theory in a way that we deal with theory, uh, in the AA, the way they dealt with theory, is not the same as how we deal it in um, the school that I'm I'm teaching in. I mean theory of architecture, which is just like the it's trying to be embedded in one semester's work it's not throughout the whole three years. It's like, it's reduced from three years to one semester. And that's what I can say at the moment. This was happening to the curriculum. There is no theory of architecture. I mean, design principles in the first year, uh, graphic communication principles, design principles, um, communication Yeah, I've said that. Those with concerns in the first year. In the second year, you have that semester of theory of architecture. Quickly, the students would do something and sharing and investigate a bit, but they don't ask bigger questions. Then through their work, they're supposed to understand the, the importance of the design process, but how much? How much do they understand? And how much are they convinced about it? So there's a big difference, you know, between theory of architecture uh, being taught in the AA school and in one Malaysian school of architecture that I'm talking about. So yeah, because the other semester, the second semester of second year is on sustainable design. And then in third year is about urban context, and then this technical. Project at the end. So it's up to the student. When we talk about student learning, it's an interaction, it's, it's a synergy, it's a feedback loop between the studio masters and the students, and or the students and the world in terms of gaining that knowledge, uh, taking, the, uh, you know, like experimenting or exploring a subject. Now, when talk about the first degree, people say, no, you just have to make them well-versed technically. They have to have the digital architecture skills, you know, BIM, Revit, or whatever they, you know, is just picking up those skills. It's very vocational-like, and there is no um, ideas are just to apply. There's no right understanding more than what they should. So really, I mean, I'm trying to break it down. I'm trying to relate to the AA school. I'm not trying to say that all Malaysian architecture schools have to be exactly like the AA, but I'm trying to focus on theory of architecture and how that was dealt with in the two models. Generally, the school that I'm teaching and the AA school and try to reconcile or try to think of a reconciliation of theory of architecture. How could it be um, done or manifested much seamlessly or much better in the studio work? Now, okay, I'll try to zoom back to a time when I was a student at Leicester Polytechnic. Theory of architecture um, was a subject when I was in Leicester Polytechnic. I was in the second year and third year I, because I did UTM. So I was quite mature and I was confident of my drawing skills when I was there. Uh, it was all in manual anyway. And um, what I noticed is that I had to learn as well. I had to fit in into the school's idea of theory of of, of design, of studio design, because I understand that the way I tackled studio work was was more of superficially. I wasn't really looking into um, trying to understand precedents or models or theories of architecture. I, was, I, I came from a technical school back then, and... Um, And I learned in in, in the second project to actually, I wanted to improve because the first project I didn't do well. And the second one, I actually understood what was the game to be played. That was important to to fit in what game is being played. So that the argument whether this game is better than that game, you know, is something else. So okay, but it's very telling. It's very telling that um, the interests of the Malaysian Board of Architects they mentioned during the discussion in the clubhouse event that there were Malaysian schools of architecture to be diverse. In you know, one that focuses on traditional Malay. Uh, Architecture, for example, one's focus on Islamic architecture. One uh, focuses on urbanism or housing. But still, it is not diverse enough. I mean, there is an intention to make sure that private universities are not going to go crazy and do something like the AA. God forbid everybody want to be like the AA, is it? No, I mean, uh, just thinking that it's quite dictatorial. Instructional, really, is the word, probably not dictatorial. In the sense that instructional in a way that prescribed. Yeah, the word prescribed came along with some of those who discussed that they want a prescription so that you get architects at the end. When people graduate, they are architects. They're not messing around, yeah? But these people who came back from uh, America or came back from the UK that had a lot of theory, they're not messing around either. They came back to work in Malaysian uh, companies and they thrive and they assist and they are confident. So what's the problem actually in terms of um, making it much more diverse? So, So I hope that this conversation I'm having here with you uh, Will help to think about the clubhouse event is coming up soon. And as a reminder, in the caption, we display the time and the clubhouse room uh, and the date. Yeah. And that is a thread that we should be discussing. If or not, we come up to a, not a solution, but some sort of, um not a framework even, but some sort of a suggestion on how to improve Malaysian schools of architecture in terms of the nitty gritty of the project and how it should be conducted is good enough. I mean, come to that, even to that, what should be taught in the interim crit, the desk crit, you know, what what should the brief of the project be um, for schools of architecture in Malaysia to make to make students of architecture ask the why question? So that is actually the point I'm trying to make here, bringing in all the, the points that have been raised by all the speakers and trying to answer the question how... Malaysian arch- local architecture graduates can compete globally. That's another issue, whether that's a separate thing, whether it doesn't matter if theory of architecture is not strong, but I think from what's, what's uh, comments that is theory and practices as one, so that sort of confidence to compete globally, maybe we can ask the question of what during that session uh, in Clubhouse uh, in the, uh, on the 21st whether um, working with Fosters after the AA, and how he find his how he find his methodology, how he find um, what he learned, and how he applied in his uh, practice as a designer, is he a one-off? Uh, is he obscure, or is he someone who we could model? Upon he is just that the way that we need to understand what Lim, what Lim's way of working, and maybe from what he will say about his interaction with the students currently could give us some clues as to what how the students could could be more um, as one you know theory and practice when they do the methodology. I have my own opinion with the site context issues driven projects. So we shall, it's going to be a good discussion. And uh, we hope that we can say a lot in uh, one and a half hours, or about maximum two hours, depending on whether the speakers are going to speak that long. I mean, from 8.30 to 10.30, and please be there and and do chip in uh, if you need to. And uh, But much of it will be the discussion between um, the speakers and the moderators. Thank you for listening in and good evening.